Free Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Zaleski. And I'm your other host that's equally important, Morgan Beard. Guys, we're stuck inside. It's sunny (laughs) out there right now, but we're not enjoying it. Why? Because we're bringing you quality advice content. That's so true, except for the part that it's sunny, because at the moment right here where I'm located, it is kind of cloudy and it's a little bit of a bummer. I don't know how it is where you are. Morgan and I live about, what, 12 miles apart from each other, and so you can imagine clouds that are smaller than that that would cover only one of us, and that seems to be like what's (laughs) happening right now. I don't know, not a meteorologist, but one day when we expand our programming, we can afford a dedicated meteorologist to explain why it's different when we look out the window. And to Bobby with sports. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Sports comes last. (laughs) Right. Of our, of our dedicated newscasters. I don't think we need a sports one. No. Or maybe we do because you and I drop the ball so much on that. Yeah, it's a real a lack of area of knowledge for us. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's mostly because we don't care <laughs> about sports. <laughs> like, I love playing sports. Well, I love games. I love, like, getting outside and doing stuff. But, like, watching strangers I don't know play a game that usually I'm, like, not that informed about. I just can't. I just can't get into it. Would you watch me wrestle? Of course. If you got to pick my opponents? Oh, I also get to pick your opponents? And our outfits? Okay, even if I didn't get to pick any of those things, I would watch you wrestle, obviously. Thank you. (laughs) But especially if I got to, like, choose choose the stooms, choose the opponent. Oh, the sun just kind of came out where I am. Ooh. Would you stop coming if I made eye contact with you and lost? I will never stop coming for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. What if it appears to be your fault that I'm losing because I keep, I like wave and get caught off guard each time <laughs> when I catch your eye from the audience? Would you, would you stop? Because these opponents are getting smaller and smaller. They seem easily beatable if I was just paying attention. Yeah, and you're and just you, like, more distracted. you start to think that you're the problem. Maybe what yeah. I would do is I would you, bring someone with me to watch your match that you were more distracted by. So really nothing oh. would change, but, like, the blame wouldn't be on me. <laughs> Ooh. That's like, wow. Okay. I mean, that's not accurate, but I thought that would be, like, a fun thing to say. Mm-hmm. That's like if you're um, like a, a wino, you drink too much wine, uh-huh. and then you get into a relationship with somebody with like a Coke problem, mm. so that by contrast, you can worry about their problem is the big deal, there's the illegal <laughs> one that's less societally acceptable, and yeah, you yeah, can yeah. feel good about yourself, you that's can like just what coast. you're doing at my wrestling matches. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly like that. It's The comparison duplicate. garrison, they call it. The comparison garrison. I love that. Thank yeah. You. That's an interesting one to like bring someone into your life whose vices are just like more objectionable than yours to feel better about mm. yours. I'm sure a lot of people do that completely unconsciously. I'm sure I'm have yeah, friends that I'm just, doing that with now <laughs> or oh, maybe yeah. doing with me. I'm probably the friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why we hang out. <laughs> so you could feel good I about just focus, it. 
I focus on the ways that you're a little bit worse than me and you focus on the ways that I'm a little bit worse than you and we each can yeah. feel better about ourselves <clears throat> while keeping those things um, secret from the other. Okay, so complete this sentence. I bring Morgan in and enable her blank habit so that I can feel better about my blank habit. Oh, if we knew, then it would fall apart. It's oh. got to stay. This has got to be the unspoken. Oh. The glue, the gravity that, okay. that pulls our, our planets and our moons together. Speaking of which, I, I meant to tell you, big moon tonight. Sorry, you guys <gasps> who are listening to this tomorrow. Yeah. And that's just a full, a, a, a pink, the pink super moon. moon. A super oh, it's pink, also a super no, moon. No, pink super moon. Okay. Yeah, April's is the pink moon. I want to share a little bit. This is the week of Easter, right? Oh, that yeah, we're yeah, yeah. recording this. If you're listening to this in the future, Easter's already happened or will happen again. It's cyclical. Like <laughs> Both. Let me explain why Easter <laughs> is when it is. Do you know why Easter is when it is, Morgan? Um, I have some guesses, but I'd rather you just tell me. It's a very specific thing. It's not something that you can just guess and accidentally get right, okay? Okay. Yeah, so I knew that I was getting set up to fail, so why don't you just tell me? It's the moon. <laughs> it's the moon. Is it? The moon is where it's at. Oh, yeah. Dude, I fucking the love the moon. and the sun, but it's it's an astro holiday. You might might not recognize that it's related to the oh, astro, but it know. is. It's an astro holiday. So we got the spring equinox, right? Mm-hmm. Easter is the first Sunday after the first full moon, which is on or after the spring equinox. Mm. Okay. So we got the first full moon. Coming after, I think the equinox was, what, March 22nd? Yeah, the first full moon was like a, basically 28 days ago or a month ago from today. Well, but that was, yeah, the last full moon because today's yeah, the last a full, full moon. moon. Yeah, no, the last full moon. So I did a full, a full moon, moon ritual. It's always four weeks before, and that was before the spring equinox, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which um, is the day halfway between the shortest day and the longest day. Mm. Okay. So here we are coming up on Easter. That's exciting. You're welcome. I, uh, my period has officially synced up with the full moon. So it's like this cool Ooh. fucking thing where, uh, so, uh, people who are more or less like astrologically inclined, um, think about the moon cycles, the, the new moon and the full moon specifically as having, uh, these, you know, these spiritual significances of the new moon representing uh, a, a good time to plant seeds of intention. You know, it's the beginning of a cycle. It's like, what are we going to invest in for over the next month and uh, work on kind of building and watering and growing? And then the full moon. Sit in the dark and think. <laughs> Always. Full moon's for doing, right? The full moon is. So the full moon is for releasing. Yeah. So the new moon is a, a time of like kind of quiet contemplation because it's dark. And the full moon is. Can't go anywhere. The full moon is the sky is bright. It's a time for coming together. It's a time for uh, considering what are we releasing? What are we letting go of? Um, of the thing. So we've, we've spent the, the, the cycle from the new moon to the full moon uh, cultivating these intentions. And then the full moon is about releasing the things we no longer need. And so it's just the when perfect. When do you actually do the shit? Is it daytime? Uh, like you're no, building it's up night. these intentions and then you immediately are just focused on letting go of things. What about like the doing part? Oh, the doing happens between really no, the doing happens between the new moon and the full moon. Like as the cycle, you know, as the cycle continues, if that makes okay. sense. So yeah, it's like you're the full 28 day. During that time. You're, you're setting and completing intentions. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're, the idea is okay. anytime you you're set building an intention. things with the moon. Yeah. You want to revisit well, Maybe it. it's delayed intention. Maybe it's the type of thing that you like plan to do mm. two weeks from now once the moon's full. Mm. 
I got a lot of those. Those are most of my intentions are like a, <laughs> a time delay intention. <laughs> <laughs> Once the quarantine is over, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, Tell you what. But to complete that thought, it's very appropriate that my period coincides with the full moon because that's also a time of release. Um, and and the, the moon is also this very sort of like feminine quote unquote, uh, celestial body because it's, it has phases, it has cycles, um, you know, it's associated with the tides and the ocean and, and the feminine is this ever changing seasonal kind of fickle, not necessarily a negative way, um, you know, type of mercurial, mercurial. Yes. I'm especially mercurial because, um, I, my sun sign is Gemini, and mm. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So I am especially mercurial and that checks out. <laughs> My mood is like constantly shifting and changing and affected sometimes by the smallest uh, thing. So the full moon for me is such a good opportunity to identify like, okay, what isn't working? What hasn't worked about the way that I've lived my life for the past month? And what do I want to let go of uh, or work on letting go of over the next you know, couple weeks. Oh, because the, the, I'm sorry, the full moon to full moon is 28 days. Full moon to new moon is, uh, two weeks. That's right. Um, misspoke earlier. 14 days. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What would you say that you're releasing with this full moon? If you have such a intention? Oh, I don't. But I am an improviser, so I'll let me make something up and just roll with it, right? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, watering my plants, I'm just going to let them die is the first thing that I thought of. Really? How will that support well, you living your best life? Dude, dude, you're you're treating this as, okay, I'm, I'm going into improviser mode where I'm, I'm allowed to be anybody just to support the answer. Totally, um, totally. Uh, with my disrupted routines, it's easy to uh, forget to hydrate myself. And um, so if I keep a full water bottle near me, then I'm likely to uh, basically can't can't waste water on my plants mm. when I still need to drink more myself. That's the okay. justification I came up with. And I really want to back out of this game now. Can we talk about something oh, else, please? Sure. Please. Want to go to our question? From this bad dream. Do you oh, want to go yeah, to our yeah, question? Yeah, yeah. we can do that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Please, please read me a question. <laughs> Somebody else's problems. Oh, let me also just point out that sure. um, your baby would coincide with the full moon, and if you were going to have a baby, and so it's kind of like you're realizing what? your intention to not have a baby by having your period, right? Like that's the intention you set every new moon, <laughs> and when the full moon comes around, period. It's like, oh yeah, it worked. Didn't happen again. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, new yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, the period is always such a double-edged sword for that reason. It's like, if your intention is not to have a baby, which mine is, it's like, woohoo, I made it another month. But um, my period is really depressingly like long and heavy now that I've switched birth controls. I'm on a copper mm. IUD, which is the only kind of IUD that's non-hormonal. Um, or really, I... I want to say like the o- the only birth control for women that's non-hormonal and I fucking love it. Um, but my period has gotten significantly heavier and longer, which is like, sweet. I'm bleeding for like a fucking week straight, which is annoying. Um, but yes, it does yeah. signal that I don't have a baby, which is way less annoying. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. 
Your period may be long and heavy, but not as long and heavy as motherhood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I assume. Well I don't said. Know. Not my experience. Well said. Uh, for me, yeah, I feel like that's the case. I would be long and heavy and... Yeah. So should we uh, should we dive right into that question? <laughs> Especially with the stunted growth your bum, kids would bum. have. It'd be a very long motherhood. <laughs> You'd be teaching them how to tie their shoes at like 35. <laughs> what? No, it's the rabbits. Remember the rabbits? I, sh- I bought literal rabbits to show you how to loop the ears through each other. <laughs> Do you think that I'd be uh, that impatient in my teaching of my children? By 35, I'd hope. Oh, if they were 35 and still learning how to tie yeah. their shoes? Yeah. Are Honestly, you, at that point, I a, think you'd want to start making special considerations for them and consider classifying them. I'm going to go I'm ahead. Gonna name a condition, but <laughs> probably there's some some word that a doctor can say that would make you feel a little more lenient on them. I would, I would hope that there would be earlier signs than 35. They can't tie their shoes for like an intervention being necessary. <laughs> if you're paying close attention, some I warning guess. posts. Depends on how hands-on you are. <laughs> well, not hands-on enough to be tying their shoes for them until 35. A little less hands-on than that, I would hope. You know how America just planted its flag on the moon and then came back once or twice, but now it's... You could be one of those types of parents. <laughs> kind of lunar visitor parent. <laughs> um, that is not my goal. It's not my goal. something to consider. Um... Okay, so I'm going to, for the third time, attempt to initiate that we start the question. What do you think? I won't fuck it up. No, you won't fuck it up. But if you, I mean, there's no, like, fucking up. Like, whatever we do on this podcast is fine. It's our podcast. Um, I just feel like now since we've cued it a couple times, we've, like, teed it up and, and then walked away from the tee that, you know, third time might be the charm. Because I am really excited to get to this question because it came from... A real flesh and blood listener. Um, oh my god! I know. I'm Not so a excited. Bot. Not a bot. Sick. Not a stranger on the internet. Um, and it's a good one. So I'm I'm really excited to get Depends into it. Depends on your perspective, I guess. Well, it's well written. Is kind of what I meant by that. It's a good one. It, it'll get us to good topics, and it's it's well articulated. Compared to our usual questions, which <laughs> are trash. <laughs> People people with very, very fundamental misunderstandings of the language they attempt to wield. Well, All listen, right, no, I was not trying to say that. I was just trying to say, I wasn't okay, trying to say that listening. as a comment on our other questions, but this one was specifically written to us to answer on the podcast, whereas others, we've yes. plucked them from the internet and they didn't ask us to do that. So no, many of them resent it and say, hey. I thought that I was only going to have three people see this, not six. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I can't handle the fact that Tina is reading this. <laughs> it's doubled. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So Tanzicorn asks, depressed friend depressing me. Hi, FAP. That's FAP, Free Advice Podcast. Mm. Love your show and have written in before. I have another one for you. This one is difficult. Apologies if it reads insensitive, insensitive, excuse me, or ableist. I reconnected with a college acquaintance when I moved to a new city 2.5 years ago. We weren't close before, but now we chill regularly. She's interesting, smart, and a very loyal friend. Once you're in her circle, she treats you like family. She has struggled with depression forever. 
history of substance abuse, nearly OD'd a few months, I'm sorry, a few years ago, has since gotten sober and made tremendous progress. She still gets into deep depressions regularly. Leading up to COVID, she was already in a bad place. I had a stressful work deadline coming up. I couldn't handle her negativity, so I avoided her for a month. I felt guilty. Then the pandemic hit. She's one of the few humans I see in real life now to go for a walk or whatever. We end up talking about tons of dark shit. I'm normally content, but nowadays I'm lonely and anxious, even without her fuck ton of bad vibes. She's a reliable friend, and I'm so far from my real fam. How do I approach this? Thanks in advance. Solidarity, Tanzacorn. Hmm. Yeah. This is tough. This is a tough one to even ask, and I'm appreciate appreciating you writing in with it. 100%. I don't think you're ableist. Or what was the other thing that um, insensitive Tanzacorn was insensitive. No, I think you're showing your sensitivity Absolutely. in asking this question. Um, and the way that it's asked, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've been on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you can relate, Morgan. And uh, yeah, it's a scary thing to take the the friend's perspective. It's like the fear of reaching out to people when you're depressed is like, oh, I'm going to bring them down. I, I mm-hmm. don't want to like be a burden to them. Yes. I, I should rather just keep to myself than share the truth. Um, and yet that's like all you've got at that time. And so uh, human connection can, (laughs) it can just spiral that way. I think the, the, yeah, this is hard for both of you. Um, but speaking to Tanzicorn, our, our listener, our loyal questioner, I think you gotta have other friends. That's the real, Mm. the, the solution to this. If you want to keep being there for this friend, you got to figure out a way to balance them out and not make them like your your primary uh, input. Like mm. they're painting with a lot of darks and you're going to need some lights to contrast that and help that stand out. Otherwise, like they'll just get lost in the mess of darkness. So yeah. that's my main first thought. What are, yeah. what are yours, Morgan? Yeah. I'm so sure I'll have more later. Um, yeah. I, I love the idea because I originally my initial thought was like, let's talk about the balance of the color palette within the friendship. But I love that you're talking about uh, what can she do if she were to leave the friendship as it is to create more balance around it in her life. But initially my thought was to, um, you know, consider just the balance within the friendship. Um, Cause it sounds like, it sounds like there's a couple things going on, which is um, that, Tanzacorn is uh, has her own complaints of being lonely and anxious, um, and then this other friend is bringing a lot of heaviness into their conversations. So I feel like there's the two things going on are perhaps Tanzacorn isn't giving this giving this friend the the privilege of helping her process her loneliness and anxiety potentially, um, and is, is kind of defaulting to helping the friend that seems to have more quote unquote serious issues going on. I've, I've been that person. Um, and then the other thing is, okay, how can we potentially without, uh, without kind of, there's a specific word I'm looking for that I'm not finding, but without condemning this friend for being in a dark place, how can you, Mm -hmm add in space for lighter material with the conversations. Like perhaps uh, 
coming up with sort of a more fun segment, if you will, if your if your friend were some kind of like real like your friendship was a uh, like a talk show, you could think about it as like okay, so we've got the like deep dark depression segment, and that's well covered. <laughs> so what can we implement in the friendship so that we also have a here's what's lighthearted and funny kind of segment um, to, to counterbalance some of that. Um, but my suspicion sometimes is that when we, when we feel bogged down by our relationship with other people, sometimes it's the balance of content, but sometimes it's the balance of who's bringing what to the table. And I wonder, I just encourage her to think about in what ways is she not getting her needs met by this friendship? You, you want to encourage Tansicorn to, to think that? Yeah, to consider that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I have a, a parallel suggestion, mm-hmm. which is to um, consider what you think are this person, what you value about this person. Mm-hmm. Like what, what qualities do they have that um, are special to you? And then ask for something in line with those qualities. Mm-hmm. Because I think... Um, it sucks to be asked to do things when you're depressed, but it's also like one of the ways out is to just have responsibility and then feel that like the opportunity to do the, if you do do the thing, it's a chance to build some pride, some self-esteem, like some uh, chance to feel needed in some way. And this, it doesn't have to be an essential need. It, it can be like a very arbitrary thing. It still, I think works on a psychological level, even if you think the thing you're doing is meaningless or stupid. Um, just doing something and having it recognized by another person, especially mm. something that like only you can do. So if you can ask this person to like take a picture of something for you or write you something mm. or the tough part is maybe the things that got you into this friendship in the first place or the things that you value most about them are things that are like limited or seem limited to a non-coronavirus quarantine world. I don't know if you were... Mm let's say um, ice skating partners or something or gymnastics buddies and you had to like touch each other in order to to get that um, I doubt that's the case here but yeah she uh, said it's a college acquaintance and and she did okay. say she's interesting smart and a very loyal friend and so those are three strengths you know along the lines that you okay. can work with then I think like what's a conversation you can have with this person that you can't have as well with anybody else mm. is a good starting point. That's a great one. And um, then like dig into your interest in that topic and like wait until you get to a sticking point and go to them and ask for advice. Um, I, it feels kind of like what's happening right now mm-hmm. uh, with me and Morgan. And I feel good. Like didn't it feel good to be asked for this to help Morgan? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's one more reason for us to, to exist today. And feel like connected to other people. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like when I, when I, um, have had clients or patients back when I was acting as a therapist or when I volunteer for the suicide crisis line, when I, I can go into that being in like a totally shit mood and, uh, just being so absorbed in my own garbage and then helping someone else, especially when it almost kind of lines up with like, oh, I was in this really bad place and I can use that to help someone else. There's such a strong sense of um, being valued and being purposeful for someone else 
that's a really potent mood lifter. Yeah. Um, and I think if you try that and it doesn't work, you don't have to um, concern yourself with being like a fix to this person. And uh, mm-hmm. it's okay to take some distance to take a little bit of time away and then come back. Like your moods will fluctuate too. And in there, yeah. it, I think that it's normal for um, people to oscillate in their range of, of, of their personality. Like if, you know, you can kind of float in this direction, this direction, you've got your own limits. And like at certain points, you'll just be less aligned with the people that you like um, based on your situation. And to accept that as like a good friendship doesn't mean um, that it has to be completely Forever. consistent week to week, situation to situation. Yeah. yeah. And it drifting for a time can just mean like one of you got a job or into a relationship or made a move or is pursuing like you when you were you were studying you were saying um, mm-hmm. and ignored them for like a month. That's yeah. this may be another extenuating circumstance that um, just means that it doesn't align as well right now. Yeah, I I really the next thing I really want to talk about is that month that she references. Um, I couldn't handle mm-hmm. her negativity, so I avoided for a month. I felt guilty. I really want to address the guilt piece. Um, cause I think it's so interesting. I've been, I've been fascinated with how guilt works, especially for the last couple months in my life. Actually, my, my March full moon intention was to release, uh, a lot of the guilt I was feeling about some of my life circumstances. Um, mm. and talking to my therapist about guilt, and I've heard this before, is that when we say I felt guilty, guilt isn't really a a core emotion. It, it seems like it is, but really what it is is more of a uh, learned response to someone expressing something like anger at us. And so mm. it's an expectation that we should kind of have our tail between our legs about this thing because it was something that maybe we were chastised about in the past, um, regardless of, you know, if it was like justified or not. It's, it's the learned response is to feel bad and, and potentially motivate a different action. Um, but we can often, when we don't recognize sometimes that that, that anger was thrust upon us um, in sort of an unjust, maybe or unfair or excessive way, we can rock, walk around with this big gnarly guilt wound that just sits in us and doesn't get to be expressed and, and doesn't get to like leave our body and be converted into something productive and it just weighs us down. And so I, I would really think about what, um, what is the source of the guilt or what is the guilt rather a a byproduct of in your life, you know, past and present, as far as your perception of when you've let someone down or, your perception of what happens when you get your needs met first or you distance yourself from someone. How have the people in your past responded to that and investigate the necessity of that guilt? Because my suspicion is that, you know, like Rob was kind of saying earlier, we all are entitled to deal with whatever response we're having that life brings up. Um, the way that we need to, I mean, as, as in a sort of do no harm as much as possible kind of way. And you're not responsible for carrying this person's emotional burden in totality. You have your own to worry about. 
And the guilt that's created in response to that is just piling on top of you already needing space to process every other thing going on in your life. Um, I feel like I said some good things, but then I kind of lost the thread. But I just really wanted to explore the guilt um, component because the bottom line is that you you probably don't need to feel so guilty about it. Um, and I think that if you were more proactive about getting your needs met in this friendship, maybe or if there was a way for you to more proactively get your needs met in this relationship, um, you know, some of that guilt has a window to be resolved. I think um, following the guilt and questioning it is a strong strategy. Mm. I would approach it like this. Like if I'm feeling guilty, what is the rule that I'm breaking? Like Mm. what is the rule that I think I need to be following? And then question that rule. Like, does it have exceptions? Am I discovering there's an exception right now? Or like, are there times when I'm just going to break this rule and it's out of my control? Or like, is um, is there something else that I'm prioritizing right now that is actually not in line with my values? Like, would I like to change my, my values to match my behavior or change my behavior to match my mm. values? I love that statement. Thanks. I, I think that uh, there's danger in compulsively doing either. If every mm-hmm. time you're faced at that crossroads and you're like, okay, well, then my values just needed to shift to justify what I'm doing, you can become a self-serving narcissist. You can you can become like a force of evil unintentionally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the world by just being like, well, I'm doing this, so it must not matter the way right. that I thought it did. Um, and if you always uh, shift your behavior to match your values, I think you're going to fail and then have a low, you're going to like reduce your own power and confidence because if you reject so harshly your way of doing things in the way that it doesn't match your ideals and your ideals are perfect and you don't like allow yourself Mm. to be a flawed human being, then you will spiral into being more and more flawed. Maybe there are some people that, that, that find their way around it. They'll like super Navy SEAL, (laughs) <laughs> on Jocko Willink types that are like very, very disciplined. And, and um, he's a the dude who says discipline equals freedom. Who's mm. like every day posting his 4 a.m. alarm clock to get up and work out. And like, uh, you know, one of those motivator Tony Robbins types maybe is another mm-hmm. example of like somebody who just seems like everything is optimized and they're doing everything exactly as they should. Um, whoever your angel uh, archetype is. But um, most of us fall somewhere in the the middle of that with some range and some wiggle room so i think you gotta like take it case by case and uh in this situation i think it's a creative a a creative reframe is the best outcome Mm -hmm. something like try something else with this person if you want to keep having contact and maybe change the way that the contact happens invite them to explore something new like do you need a buddy for a certain book that you want to read or like a show that you want to watch that they have an opinion on that like you couldn't that's one of the things that I'm doing right now is like watching stand-up comedy with my friend that does stand-up comedy and then like getting his opinion on the jokes that we're seeing and that's like not something that I value as much from other people so like is there something that you want help analyzing that you can ask them for that isn't something that you were as naturally interested in, but maybe it becomes more interesting because like, oh yeah, I have this, it, it also is an access, it's a, a route to my friend who is otherwise um, shrouded in this um, 
depressive uh, fog, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make another point. I think that's totally great. Um, and I was thinking about something sort of unrelated um, while I was diligently listening, of course. Um, that's dope. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I think that's totally great. And I was thinking about something unrelated while I was listening. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't mean I wasn't listening, sick. but I also had a thought that was unrelated. <laughs> Ooh, here I go. I'm about to start using that as soon as whatever you're about to say passes. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Um, cause really I'm like, I'm speaking to you, but I'm like also more so thinking about the recipient being Tanzacorn. So it's like not irrelevant mm. for you to be listening, but like you're not my target in this, in this, uh, answer. Understood. Understood. So, yes. uh, one of the things that I might do in this situation, especially if your goal is to, um, kind of get more bang for your buck, as far as the effort that you're putting into this friendship and the effort that she, or the uh, result that she's getting from that effort. So I would look at the, uh, sort of, love language framework. And if you may know this already about this person, or you might even ask, frankly, like what kinds of validation from me are the most powerful? Like you said so many wonderful things about her in this email. And, you know, you're saying like, she's like family to you and she's so loyal and you have all these things you appreciate about her, but you are struggling to, um, you know, give her maybe so much of yourself or to to be dragged down by some of the content. So I would, if for example, her love language happened to be words of affirmation, you could do something that is less time consuming and less heavy, like write her a letter about all of the um, things that you know you love about her, sort of similar to Rob's suggestion from earlier, and include in that like, you know, I'm struggling to give you X, Y, and Z right now, but like, I really want to make sure that you know that you mean X, Y, and Z to me on a deep level. Um, because that's then something that she can, when she feels depressed, but maybe, uh, doesn't want to burden you or whatever, she can read that letter and remind herself, this person still feels this way about me. I still have a place in their heart. They're still thinking of me and loving me even when they're not in my presence, you know, taking on all of my issues. Mm -hmm. It would be unfortunate if her love language was physical touch at the moment. Um, but, you know, let's hope it's not. Right. And, uh, yeah, the whole love language thing, I think it's a little more credit than it deserves. Uh, people like people like nice things. Um, <laughs> but I, but I think it's like such a critical framework for, for, um, opening up like a very rich dialogue about, okay, what this action means to me is not the same thing that this action means to this other person. And so you have to, you have to accommodate basically not doing unto others as you would have done unto you, but doing unto others as they would have done unto themselves and not continually yeah. missing and putting in so much effort trying to give them what you would want and they're not receiving it. Like, I think it's just such a powerful communication tool, even if you do feel like it's kind of overblown or overused. It, it uh, to me, ignores the power of the situation. And some people are more consistently in certain situations where like they have an excess of physical um touch and so that's not as nice to them where like they have an mm. excess of 
uh, gifts. And so that's like, doesn't matter, but like ultimately, uh, I'm skeptical of anything that typifies people too much and doesn't, uh, acknowledge our shifting nature, depending on the situation that we're in. Um, sure, sure. But we can on, talk uh, about that with the, with the same language. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. What were you going to say? Concede. Um, you guys have mutual friends you could bring them Ooh. in and ask them for like help with this other friend you know you could uh make it about like diana and uh <laughs> i don't know why i laughed diana. at that choice <laughs> uh, why is that why, it's such what? an old-fashioned name like it's just not that likely that her name is diana okay then you could ask about <laughs> Deandra and Deandra's um, dying fish or what? No, 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 no. Dog, no. dog is dog is more because a fish. Yeah, like come on. Um, but if it's a dying dog, you know, asking for like, hey, should we set up like a Zoom funeral for? I didn't really know this dog, but maybe you could say something. Just asking for help with a third party and like, um implying the more you can imply this person's value mm. rather than explicitly um i think sometimes when i'm on the receiving end of an explicit like here's a lifeline i'm throwing this to you because i know you're struggling right now and i want you to know how valuable you are what's a I specific like, example um somebody sending me a text um that's like hey it was so nice to see you the other night i just want you to know I think you're a really good person and um, you're so valuable. I'm imagining them um, trying to cheer me up and then I'm like, oh, I must have really looked like I was in a bad way to them. Them, They must have like really thought that I needed this or like I'm going to kill myself or something. And that type of like sympathy um, messaging for me can be... I realize this is a dangerous thing to say because I know it's coming from a good place. Sometimes it makes me like want to get away from that person even more. Interesting. That like, ah, I must, I must really seem bad to them. I don't like seeing myself that way. I'm not going to be around that person for a little bit. Wow. (laughs) Now that I got that impression. I'm um, really intrigued what, by is this. Is this really that surprising? Because, yes. <laughs> well, so, this is, is universal. So one of my primary love languages is words of affirmation. So I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't come into it with the assumption that, oh, this person may, must have really felt that I needed this and, and, and is looking down on me in some way. And I would, question, ever, I would question that that's your framework that about like, yourself. Were you doing all right? And somebody like really sends you something that seems like they think you're you need a uh, pep talk or like uh to be handled with kids gloves mm. and you're like and I'm, I'm doing say the um say you just went through like a breakup and the other person is really like checking in on you in a, a soft gentle way of like know that you you matter in your life and you're like Oh, I moved. I, this was not as big a deal to me as it, it was to you say that it was like a, a short lived relationship or something that you were relieved to be over. Um, don't you ever get that like resistance feeling of like, I'm going to avoid this person's making me. It seems like yeah. to them, this is worse than it is for me. I'll t- I don't get it in that kind of situation because in that kind of situation, I would just 
I always, because I have been in and out of like very many like deep depressions slash have sort of a lower baseline than the average person. So I always, I think, appreciate like an, a, a genuine emotional check-in and even, and I can say to that person, like, thank you so much for demonstrating that you care about me, um, but I'm actually fine. But Whereas, you're, but you're wrong. I will get off. that. I will get that. What you're the, ex, the what I think you're uh, saying. I will have that experience when people tell me things that, or you do this sometimes, where you'll ask a question where I know that you know the answer, and you're just trying to yeah. get me to say it a specific way. I that up. makes me <laughs> that makes me feel <laughs> like, come on, like don't don't yeah. like baby me into like coming up with the right answer that you want to, I find that very patronizing. And I, I, I know uh-huh. what that is in my history. Like I know what that is about. And I know that that's kind of personal to me having that reaction to it. Um, that's what gives me that resistance. And so maybe for you, there is something personal about the emotional check-in or the implication of weakness that is difficult. I don't know. Mm. Not to well, prescribe. The, the, the- <laughs> The um, advice that I was trying to justify and get mm-hmm. at is um, if you can imply worth, then you run a lower risk of perhaps if this person has the same issues as I do, triggering that response. If you like just ask them for help with another person and show rather than tell them about their value, sure. then it it has a, a, a better chance of slipping under their radar of like, uh, is this person feeling guilted into trying to help me because they think I'm really that pathetic right now hmm. and like setting off that line of thinking that um, is a danger with me and not Morgan? Yeah. Well, I seems. think that that's where the love language thing comes in because it's like for me, words of affirmation specifically are extremely effective and like what I need so that and I think this is the reason I I need words of affirmation because I am so verbal and I think about things in these very like verbal terms where I need I need to have these specific memories of someone telling me that I'm valuable or whatever it is so that when I'm later in my head going through my fear spirals and and questioning my value I can go okay but so and so told me that specifically they value me <laughs> like last week hmm. so it helps me to to challenge those things and for someone else maybe maybe an action would be a more direct challenge to whatever their fear about themselves is. So that's why I think it's worth asking what's going to be the most meaningful action or word or gesture. I get you. So yeah. you're saying Tansy Gordon should ask their friend about their love language. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in those words. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in those words. Mm-hmm. I could start with a conversation about like, what do you each value about the friendship and kind of spring off there? Um, Maybe naturally, maybe not. I mean, because it is hard because we're coming at this from the perspective of like, we have the kind of friendship where we talk about this shit and we use these words and we're very like careful and emotionally attuned with each other. and, And it's just a little bit more organic for us like we can call each other and just literally to say like i value your friendship and that could be the whole conversation Mm. um and not everyone necessarily has that um you know historically going on in their friendship but i think that i think it's a very um not to way way overuse the word valuable but it's a i think it's something that people would benefit from 
introducing a little sprinkle of in their friendships or any relationships. Mm. We've found it to be. You just uh, made me realize, uh, reminded me how mm-hmm. grateful I am that we are friends and that mm-hmm. I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, me too. And uh, I want to challenge that you said that we're very careful about each other's feelings. <laughs> Maybe you are about me and I am <laughs> I am a precious little baby who deserves pity and needs to Oh, dear both. Lord. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't, for the record, but, I don't think of you that way. Uh, maybe, maybe in the, with, with the right lighting. Um, it, I, <laughs> I feel like I don't have to be that careful around you compared to oh, most people in my life. I feel like I can mm. say, I can, I can entertain some like, um, I guess I meant precise a conversation with you. I meant is, precise is and thoughtful, similar to privacy. Like I'm, I meant that precise we're very and precise thoughtful. and thoughtful in our, in our, in the way that we communicate I, that maybe. Yeah. Cause mm. careful. We're not constantly going like, Oh fuck. Am I going to hurt? Not the really worried. Feelings? Yeah. I'm not worried about getting into a sticky situation with it. Like it's going to be tough to disentangle or I'm going to deal mm-hmm. with fallout for a long time with you, which most other people, I feel a lot more of that. Right. Like that there are, are more unspoken rules to the communication. Yeah. And, um, I really feel like I have uh, permission to be wrong and make a fool out of myself. And that allows me a lot of creative freedom with you, Morgan, because I think that like in, you know, let's say a stuffier setting where you have like a very controlling boss or teacher or something where if you say the wrong thing, you're going to be punished and and publicly embarrassed or somehow uh, marked, you get a lower score. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Then like you kind of keep doing the same thing and uh, guessing at what's the right thing. And mm. that's not as creative a way to be. I think that you give you giving me permission to be wrong and to um, say something that would be hurtful or that is hurtful to you or that is uh, reprehensible in some way or another um, allows uh, me to find the edges of like, mm. okay, well, where's the unsafe territory? Where's the place that other people, what's the idea here that I haven't had before or I haven't heard other people say before that's like... Um, Close to that, but isn't that, and helps us know the edge, or just like is a new contribution to human understanding. So thank you, Morgan. You're really welcome. Um, It's interesting because from my perspective, this is something that I have struggled with in this friendship, which I've told you. Um, Like, I have my own, um, like, preemptive, like, expecting punishment kind of thing. Um, And there have been times where you have made special requests, um, you know, or have, have given me sort of like quote unquote negative, but you know, it's, it's fine. Um, feedback about my actions or my words. And I think that it's important to point this out because that how comfortable I feel being creative and wrong and whatever in this relationship, it's important to say that that fluctuates. Like you're not just Mm -hmm. damned to a friendship where you may not feel that free to express yourself and I think I want to I want to make sure that like you know I'm I'm making the point within the context of answering this question too. Um, you can put in different inputs to get different outputs within a relationship. You're not stuck in cement with it because the more that I have opened up and been vulnerable in in communicating with Rob, like that when this happens, it has this repercussion for me in terms of my ability to express myself, um, and and especially in the context of this podcast too. Like sometimes there have been times where I've felt 
shut down or, you know, I've made a mistake and I've internalized this punishment that is or isn't there necessarily. Um, and we've talked about it and recovered from it. And it's given me more creative freedom, freedom and openness and, and feeling comfortable. So it's, it's a variable that you can really shift live by opening up these exact dialogues that we're talking about. It's really exciting, actually, when you mm. when you change the inputs in a friendship and you stop accepting, like, what are the rules? What are the status quos of how this friendship has worked in the past so that you can get a better result, be more satisfied, be happier with the friendship, and trusting that the other person can deal with that. And if they can't, mm-hmm. then that's that says something about the friendship, and it's not your fault to, that you've introduced this variable. It's important for everyone to report on how they're feeling in a friendship and not kind of I've way too many times let friendships just completely fall off the rails because I've been too afraid to communicate what are my needs and how are their actions affecting me. Hmm. Thank you mm-hmm. for saying that. Meant every word. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure where else to go with this advice. I'm not sure we need to go anywhere else. I think we've said a lot of really interesting things. And I think that Tanzicorn will be very appreciative of the thought experiments we've encouraged her to take. Yeah. I think so too. We did a good job. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Go us. (laughs) I feel so valued. (laughs) Uh, You did a great job. I really loved your, um, I loved your assessment of, the the values or the behaviors shifting it really I have I have now to think about some of the things in my life through that lens and I think it's going to be really valuable for me cognitive dissonance I think is the the umbrella Mm. topic for that right and uh, right the big the big thing that psychologists tend to point out is like people uh, unconsciously change their beliefs to meet their actions way right. more than the other way around. So like if you're aware of it, you'll probably want to st- there's like um maybe it's good to change your actions more to match your values um but like the trend is people right. change their beliefs on kind of like a, a level that they just tend to avoid or then not confront the belief. But like yeah. people who smoke cigarettes will tend to be like, "Oh yeah, I don't smoke that many cigarettes. They change their belief about like how much they actually smoke or how bad smoking actually is, how long you'd right. have to do it, how bad death even is, like how bad of a consequence it is to die because of the thing that you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cognitive dissonance is very powerful <clears throat> and we all experience it. And I think it it creates this sort of like mental compartmentalization um, where we are now, excuse me, <clears throat> we are now like good or bad, or we have to change, um, you know, one part of ourselves is like the good self that like doesn't smoke that many cigarettes. But then there's this unconscious part of us that knows on some level we're, we're kidding ourselves. Um, and that creates a, uh, a split or a disintegration within the self that can be very harmful because then we're not clear on what our values are when there's that conflict. And we're also acknowledging like that we're not adhering to them. And that creates this kind of like really uncomfortable grind within us that we're not necessarily aware of is there, but Mm. we're adding to every time we make one of these statements or we go against our beliefs. Um, And I just think, I think that people in general would like themselves a lot more 
and be happier and also be less critical and judgmental of others if they had more internal alignment, which comes from, in my experience, self-compassion and being compassionate for compassionate and honest about, well, here's where I'm really at with this and not kind of deflecting or bending the truth, like you're saying, to match the behaviors, but also acknowledging that your values and your priorities can shift and evolve. I think that's mm-hmm. a really important process. You can do that within the moon cycle framework too, of like reassessing <laughs> your values and and rem- remembering like what really is important to you and what really maybe isn't as important to you as it used to be or you thought it was. Are you trying to catch the moonrise tonight? What time is it? Do we know? It's probably soon. I think it um at sunset, so that's like seven ish. Okay. Cool. I mean it's fucking cloudy, so you may not see it, but I'm trying to I'm gonna try to Maybe peep that moon. Are. I'm gonna try to peep that moon. You know it. I'm gonna charge my crystals the under biggest it. Biggest one of the year. Fuck. <laughs> That's what I value. I value the moon, <laughs> seeing it. It's, it's biggest at the horizon, so you wanna see it just when it's peeping up. The highest point you mm. can get to, the least obstruction to the horizon as you can. Mm. Maybe you've got a roof access, something like that. That's what I'd recommend for something you. Something like that, yeah. And it'll rise in the east, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, well, that just, that seems to be that, don't you think? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just have one more tidbit that's really off topic, but since we're talking about the sky and the moon and things like that. Um, Absolutely. I noticed all the um, satellite dishes around me on my roof were pointed southeast. and um, What's that mean? <laughs> Yeah, I'm forgetting the they're called like geosynchronous uh satellites. Okay, I hmm. think that's the word. Um there are satellites that move at the same pace as the earth, so from the point of view of an observer, they stay at the same point in the sky. Mm. And our like our dish network ones are all above um like Baja Peninsula, which is for most of the United States Southwest and for where we are in Southern California, Southeast. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all pointed at that point in the sky, which is like mm. above the Baja Peninsula where we have a geosynchronous satellite that is sending us our TV or whatever we're getting from it. It's just a little, it's sometimes, okay. Why is that helpful right now? <laughs> yeah, I, you are right. That I is think, unrelated. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this really good. I like the word geosynchronous um, though. Geosynchronous. I think that's right. Um, geosynchronous orbit that, uh, times like this, things are big and scary. How long Mm. is it going to last that we're stuck inside? Is this another great depression? Something that none of nobody's willing to say in the mainstream media, because, you know, if you ask that question, it becomes more likely to happen. So I think it's like a hushed, hushed conversation, but like, I'll just say it because we don't have too many (laughs) listeners. I'm not going to cause the great, I'm not going to feel bad about it if it happens. (laughs) Is this another great depression? It's not your fault. (laughs) Is this a Great Depression? Uh, there, I've said it now three or four times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> zooming out, looking at things from an astrological scale, the more you can get a sense of like how big things are and how little we are, um, mm-hmm. even as a like, there's so much that would continue to happen that would be knowable, that would have systems that work, even if all of humanity died, even if the Earth blew up, even if the sun went out, mm. um, and that. Uh, that can be some form of comfort of like everything that I think is everything is is a small fraction of everything. Like it's there's there's much more going on 
than yeah. the um, particular little corner of the universe that I'm aware of. I do find as a like depressed existentialist, I find our smallness extremely comforting. Some people probably mm-hmm. don't. Some people find probably find it terrifying um, to, to think of themselves as being that insignificant. But to me, I think we've said this before, to me, our insignificance, our deep, unavoidable insignificance really lowers the stakes in a way that helps me to like get through my day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite um, think piece video where something to listen to or consume for people to get that shift in perspective? Oh, um, at the moment, no, I don't. I can't think of anything. Um, if I change my mind, I'll surely talk about it next week. But um, I don't. Do you? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's my mm, favorite guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of my favorite people. You can go to YouTube and type him in. Particularly his episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast I think are great. Yeah. Yeah. And I Great think personality clash there. Oh yeah, that's a good point. They they do not seem like they would hang out outside of the podcasting context. But they they're good. They're like Joe allows himself to be a dummy and I challenge Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson lets himself get frustrated with him. And <laughs> it's, it's fun. The what a playful duo. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do love how he brings it to that like cosmic scale. And I remember like the first episode of um, his remake of Cosmos where he, you know, he's the narrator. Mm-hmm. It's not his remake, but um, and he, he talks yeah. about the uh, geological time as like a calendar and says that like humans arrived <laughs> like December 31st at like 11:59 PM, you know, relative mm-hmm. to like the full year of like the universe's existence. And I, I love that. It just makes me laugh because we think we think of ourselves as such a like permanent fixture in our universe, but that's just our perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I often get caught up and a lot of my depression, I think, comes from taking things like too seriously and, and artificially like raising the stakes so much for myself of like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, if this doesn't happen, then everything will be shit. You know, <laughs> it's like the dual yes. depression, anxiety combo. Um, and lately what I've been working on is just trying to back up and be like, OK, this is the emotional experience I'm having right now about the circumstances in my life. And they are not the be all end all of like the significance of my life and none of it's significant anyway. And like the whole point of being here, at least the way I see it, is to enjoy ourselves, create and, you know, play and love um, mm-hmm. and and make make other human lives easier, more enjoyable, feel more love that type thing. And when I reduce it to that and I remember that that's those are my values, it helps to guide my actions and put the emotions I'm having in context. Like it makes sense that I care so much about X, Y, Z because I'm really trying to be meaningful, loving all those things, but not at the cost of my sanity. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's my you ability to, to do this, it. This podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I want to close with thanking Tanzacorn yes. for that super oh, yes. heartfelt question that got us into all these amazing topics. Um, we really, really appreciate you writing in now and forever until the end of time. Um, mm. And if you have a response to what we've said, would love to get an email back and we could even read it. 
uh, next week's episode. If you, we don't want to give you yeah. an assignment, but if you choose to do that, we would love to hear from you. Um, I was, I, I so want that to happen. I was almost tempted to give you advice <laughs> to make the situation worse so that you need to come <laughs> for content for more advice. You know? The Dr. Scholl's approach. The, the, is that what I was thinking of a drug dealer, but, um, I was kind of making a joke, like making foot inserts that make your feet more uncomfortable. So they need more inserts. <laughs> Oh, you've had a, I didn't know you have a negative opinion of this Dr. Shaw. I always regarded him very highly. Um, he's a doctor after all. Um, presumably he's even a white man. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. It's just something I like heard once as kind of a gag and I just, I thought I would bring it up. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're not Tansicorn, you can also write to us and we would love to dive into your question or your comments or whatever the fuck. Free Advice Podcast at gmail.com. That's free, F R E E, advice podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> you only spelled the most simple word in that phrase. If you... <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's quirky, it's unpredictable. It's Rob Zaleski in a nutshell. If you uh, email us in the next 30 minutes, we'll send you a free picture. Of each of us making a silly face. Ooh. Um, uh, it's a limited time offer. 30 minutes from when they hear this or 30 minutes from now, which no one could possibly achieve? <laughs> from from when they hear it. Okay. 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 <laughs> from when it airs on TV. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's get outside. Let's... No, no, no. I mean, stay inside. But like, it's kind of complicated advice. You're allowed to... I'm going to go outside, but I'm going to stay away from people when I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got the you. The shorthand for that is stay at home, but like... You don't stay actually separate. have to stay at home. Just, just don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like having a bunch of people over to your house and you staying at home is is defeating the purpose. But going outside and not being around anybody is is good. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, um, I might do that too. This little moment of non-rain. Yeah, good idea. I'm going to call my mom and go for a walk. Yeah. Hey, nice. All right. All right, Morgan and Tanticorn. Love you both. Thank you for making this happen today. And fuck um, yeah. Stay free. Advisees. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined it by adding advisees. Oh, it was going to be such a good sign off. <laughs> I've been pausing oh, over I the stop button. Like, Gunsky. is he done? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm done. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>